Welcome to our second in a two-part series with the Irish Examiner's Kieran Shannon. Hope you enjoy over the next few minutes. Thought, but fundamentals are so incredibly important in anything you do. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of the things that kind of uh, leads to the next question. And it's, you know, I've been writing down some of the words that you've used over the last few minutes. And, you know, one of the next questions is about skills. What skills do you consider to be essential for success as a sports professional in whatever field yeah. you're doing with sports work? I mean, I wrote down Eye of the Tiger, passion, determination, sacrifice, confidence, and really, and these weren't necessarily words you use, but, the, you know, kind of in context they were. And then I, I put down blessed at the very end. I mean, uh, what are some skills? I mean, the, the words I just used, are those things that you kind of resonate with? Yeah, no, true. I mean, because like uh, like you and I would have an appreciation for, you know, um, mental skills, you know, and um, they come like, the, like persistence is a skill, you know, um, and like I was listening to Nick Wright. I don't know if you know Nick from... Um, he'd be particularly big into his NBA. He, he works for Fox one sport one there. And uh, he, he was on a podcast actually with one of the ringer podcasts. And he was just talking about if, if you want to do it, just do it. He talked about how he didn't get an internship. Um, that was really coveted. It was like Will Smith, you know, in, in the pursuit of happiness, right. he was second, right? He didn't right. get it. Or he, he, he didn't get it, um, but he said he stayed in. He was from Kansas, like, which you tell me, even though it's big in the place, it's it's not exactly, you know, like, you know, yeah. when you're not in Kansas anymore, it means it's small, right? And yeah. um, he was still in Kansas, and but he said he did everything on local. He did his own. He produced, wrote his own show, and he talked about making his mistakes. Um for he said like he said you can't he can't listen back on anything he did in the first even first five years you know and particularly the first six months but the important thing he said is to do it and it comes down to getting to a stage where it's not something that you've to like you, you might want to do it or it's more a case that you have to do it like i found in those two years i remember studying for financial management in one of the the year that i didn't get into the journalism course and just going, like, <laughs> if I get out of this one, right? Like, what am I here? Like, I, I still want to do the journalism. I, I, like, as I said, from when I wrote about Tom Wilkinson at nine years of age, I wanted to be it. But you keep hearing it's too hard to get into. You have to have a relative in the examiner to get in there. That was the mentality or the, cons, 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 you know, the perceived wisdom at the time and uh but no i so i ha i knew i went from yeah it's something i want to do to no i have to do it i have to know like i remember getting a job i was doing a part-time journalism course up to dublin every monday i'd have to get the train um it was a part-time course and it was uh i was going up for 26 weeks on a monday and um, would stay with a friend in Dublin. I guess someone else, Adrian Wall, who helped me up the ladder. And um, but I, I, I had done this business studies course. It was the early '90s. Ireland was still 
just coming out of the recession, but the Celtic Tiger yet to take up. Someone with an arts degree, what do you do? There were people who had done a business and then did a business studies course. There was a great girl in art class who had done a UCC an arts degree with me, had done this business studies course, and she had gone up to Dublin to work in a spar shop, like behind the counter. Like that's oh. where we were at. And I was kept going through doing the PRO. My parents definitely kept me on the ladder if this is what, something you want to do. But I remember I had got offered a job. I had done the thesis for that business studies course. In, I, I identified cinema management. Ah. Thinking cinema management would be what film goes in, right? I, I, I'll get in a cool Italian film or, you know, that'll be it. Rather than it's making sure that we've got enough popcorn supply. That's the job. So right. I went, I, I, I got the interview and I got the job, right? I remember watching while I was waiting for the, for the interview or for them to assess. I was watching Demolition Man was on. And um, I went for, and I was offered the job, right? <laughs> I'm offered the job. And I have a few days, and I remember back then, pre-mobile phones, calling them. I would, been, I would have been going up to Dublin, living in some place to, you know, order popcorn. And I remember, like, I remember saying, like, but it was a job. I had nothing, journalism, I had nothing there. Right. But I remember just calling to say, no, I am going for the journalism. And I, I got into the course. I got enough of a CV to get on to the journalism course that gave me the work placement in the examiner and it happened. So persistence and deciding that you, the eye of the tiger, yeah, that, you know, and, 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 and just try, try, go for it. Um, that creativity, I mentioned the ideas business. Um, and then it's a balance between, you know, like there's the columnist and then there's the interview uh, that I do both. And you have to be both, um, you have to be empathetic and fair. Fair is the word. But the person you have to be most fair with is the reader. Mm. So you have to hold institu institutions to account as a journalist. You are the fourth estate and you, um, like even let's say we are from Irish basketball and there are times where you have to hold, you know, the governing body to account while, uh, you know, while you're, so I, I think there's, you know, like in any, you have to have a tough skin. Sometimes you're not going to please everybody. That goes with the territory, right. um, because you've to be, you've to represent. Um, you are like we, you know, we are the fourth estate. It's our job to. Um, you're watching. You're a watchdog, and it's not that you're out to catch people necessarily out. And as I said, you know, I would like to think you know, in a lot of the interviews I've done through the years, um, and, and, and it's particularly the athletes, the coaches. I have, particularly since I've done um, the performance psychology and being, um, I suppose, a consultant or practitioner to teams and athletes, you know, I would, I would definitely be um, very much more now of the old Roosevelt, the man in the arena, you know, that you'd be conscious of... Um, of not overly being the cold, timid soul who, no, who knows neither victory nor defeat. And like, um, I would definitely have um, more empathy and regard for the man in the arena over the last 10 years, having been in, in underneath that Coliseum in the dressing room before they've gone out to 80,000. And you've seen, 
their triumphs and you've seen their tears and uh, the respect um, you'd have for those people. So, you know, it's not just to be here and, oh, that's why they won, that's why they lost. You'll have insight, but I, I would I would be more, well, not, not overly cautioning it because it is, part of it is you have an appreciation for high performance, but you would have, um, I would definitely have a more empathy for the man stroke woman in the arena more. But when it comes then to particularly institutions, you have to have a critical eye. And also then part of it is like, you know, your observations, criticism is can be interpreted as being constructive. It's you have to give what you believe is your viewpoint. So, uh, and but sometimes, and particularly in the social media age, I don't, I do not look for it. I, I, I'm not, I, I will not write something to create, oh, that'll get a reaction. You know, there, you do have, I suppose, certain commenter, commentators that work by that. Coming from journalism, you're trained, in a, you know, from the desk in the examiner with, with people like Tony Lean. That, that's, you're, you're not there to just stir it. Um, but if it's what you think, you, you write it. So you, you've to be um, assertive yet fair. So you have to exercise good judgment without being overly judgmental, but yet you're holding institutes to account, institutions to account. So um, you have to be, you, you want to be, you know, it means sometimes being hard, but fair. And the person you have to be fairest for is who you represent, which is your readership. Wow. Well, and, and all the things you talked about, Kieran, are very much things that, I think go across all sport profession uh, professions when it comes to really being focused on really doing the right thing. I think that that's something when we talk about uh, sport ethics and the importance in leadership in sport of being ethical in everything you do. And I would assume that in your business, uh, you know, ethics are very important and, and that includes confidentiality if it's necessary in, in your role as a uh, journalist. Um, uh, if, if you're doing an investigative report or whatever, uh, such as it is. But, um, you know, I know that, you know, you talk a lot about many of the things that uh, you brought up there just now. What about networking? How important is that um, in the field you're in? Yeah, like, um what what do you what how do you interpret networking how do you define it i would say well it's it's more like i, I would uh, state it's it's relationship building to um develop genuine relationships to help you be able to have potential opportunities in the field that you want to go into yeah i mean um i suppose there's two sides to it like let's just say let's say when i walked into that uh examiner i had i had a placement right midway through that one year post-grad course um i remember just you know i used to run up the stairs in those days you know couldn't wait to get in and um i found people you were you you were pushing an open door the people were very willing i suppose they could just see that um endearing naivety or energy enthusiasm and um you know, you, you like it's funny. I would say a, a, a rightful, yeah, um, in in the best sense, an innocence. You know, Riley, Pat Riley talks in the winner within. 
about how innocence is is a good quality. It's not naivety. It's the middle ground. And then he talks about the disease of me only being looking out for yourself. And he, he talks about people go from naive to the disease of me right away because they've been burned by being naive. But in, innocence is believing that it'll come right for you if you just trust the process nearly and doing the right thing, it'll happen for you. And right. like I, so I brought that sort of innocence and energy to it and you know you asked about networking like i i just was um i suppose i was i was i was i was willing i was i was ready for them to say no like i i was interested in all journalism sport was the passion but you know i remember it was marley bob marley would have been 50 i think when i was there that month and I said, right, can I write about Bob Marley? You know, <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember the have, you got to have, you got to have ideas. I remember there was a guy called Nigel Omani who had come from Fleet Street. He was the editor of the Evening Echo, which had just gone tabloid, the evening paper. And he says, have you got an idea for me? And I was able to say to him, yeah, one of the girls that I had been in college with, her father had come up with a patent for lifting some stuff on a farm or something. I was able to just say, and he says, perfect. So I had, you know, like, cause they're not more, like seeing the naive kid in, in one of those places and waiting for it to happen, being reactive, you know? So I was able to, so that was that networking. And, 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 you know, it is um, a form of, um, I found that like there, there was old pros. This is like going back to a previous lifetime, but when I think people back of, of people like Claude Finn and Eamon Timmons back in the newsroom, just who, who probably have forgotten that we had those chats, but they were so encouraging at the time, just from coffee chat. So it it it, it was that. Um, it means, I suppose, you know, um, staying on, working late. So the, the, I, I definitely was lucky with the, the people within the industry. And then, um, you know, when I went to work with the Dublin papers and and colleagues um that just that just naturally evolves i think if you you do need to be both independent and like i work from home you know uh i've, I've worked from home for basically 20 years um definitely for the last 15 years and um but you you do need to be a people person yet being able to work alone right the second thing then just with let's say context cultivating context it's not you don't try to ingratiate yourself like there's nothing worse than trying to be in with the crew to try and get the story when it's just perpetuating the bullshit when you as i said you've to maybe hold them to account so um but by the same token if you're fair uh and particularly, you know, a lot of the interviews you would do are for human interest stories to find that angle. You do just naturally, I think, um, you're, there's a curiosity is a skill. It's a big skill, both to get better, but be curious in people because you don't know their story. And the whole point is to find out something about their story that the reader hasn't known before and for them to volunteer it in a way where you're not going to hurt them, you know, you're not going to overly sensationalize it. Um, like, um, you have to be tactful. Um, so I, I think you do just create a, a, a rapport 
with these people and i suppose then you develop a reputation for um that he he'll, he'll be fair to you and you might enjoy it um uh, so i've been i know look it can be like i i've gone to the tack now of like the players you don't even ask ga players now for interviews currently active players you know whereas back in the day you had some uh back in the noughties you had more you see what what they now tend to be just wheeled out um at events um so it's all either collective interviews or you might only have them for 15 minutes what are you going to get into so i don't even go there um mm. And I suppose I mean, uh, but you did. You used to have more joy. You'd be able to go up and interview a guy the Tuesday before an All Ireland final, you know, in his house. Like I, I got a guy called Owen Mulligan. He ended up being man of the match, 2005 All Ireland. He opened up about the abuse his family would get in the stands when he'd make mistakes, and um, you know that day is possibly gone. But I tend to now go like one of the. You know, one of the breaks for me, Tony Lean again, gave me a ladder. He gave me a lifeboat when the Sunday Tribune finished up. Um, we, we, you know, er, everyone was rescued and have gone on to have careers that are probably even better. Like Malachy Clarkin from the Irish Times, great colleague, great writer. Um, but at that time, that was a frightening time. Tony Lean, in fairness to the examiner, and my old boss, and he opened, he gave me a new challenge, you know, you're not just doing Gaelic games. You started off as a general sports writer with me, interview people from all sports. So it's given me great latitude again to even interview basketball people again. Like next month, I would have usually been interviewing two or three basketball people because we'd have the cup. Unfortunately, we won't have it now. But like, and that's what, like, I suppose part of it was like, I came from a sport with basketball with full of characters full of characters and that's from the pro kill hall to the americans that 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 you'd encounter and and people from all over who have kept the sport alive everywhere so it, it is it i i never looked at it as networking but it is like as you said the way you redefined it was just you know relationship building you do and and you just um i suppose it, it just like you know like there'd be people i'd check in with you know and just be it, just to be on top of what's happening, it can. It's it's not necessarily for this article. It's just a briefing. You do just keep making the phone calls. It, it there's just it's just checking in with people, just being on top of it without being actually there, you know. Um. So I've been, and uh, I, I've been fortunate that way. All right, to have um, people who've been prepared to take a call when maybe they can't, because you're always conscious of that. They're either at work. Or they're just finished work and they want to be with family and here you come, you know. But um, the people have been very good. Well, and I would I would add to that, Kieran, that um, I call it the relationship bank. You know, when you have a need that you need assistance with something, um, you can reach out to someone who you've developed a relationship with, um, say, for someone to be interviewed for the very first podcast <laughs> in this case. Um, you know, I think that having a relationship bank with uh, people, people that you have built trust with, because it's one thing to have um, had, a, you know, one email or uh, one conversation, but when you've built up other conversations and you've, you've developed trust, 
I think that you can draw from that relationship bank um, and then folks are willing to, to, to help. But if you're not genuine in your relationships, many times people see through that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, that's true. And um, again, it's, um, yeah, like, like I suppose because of the nature of the stuff I've written, um, like it isn't, well, you will still write about news um, when something's coming up. Occasionally, I, I am commissioned. I'm not a staff reporter, and it suits me with everything. No, but uh, it's slightly different to, in fairness, like, like we, we in sport are sometimes called the toy department you know the while there's like some of the best sports journalism in ireland was done or some of the best journalism period in ireland has been done by sports journalists over let, let's say the the sports book of the year was written by mark tyg and paul rowan um which brought down um the chief ceo of of the fai um you know they established trust, but they they would they would have um, they would have cultivated relationships and trust, etc. But you know they would be more dry, cold. But that but they they reeked of integrity, and people said these guys will get the story. Now they weren't trying to ingratiate themselves with John Delaney; they held them to account. So, um, you know, you're you're not trying to like again. I would use the word like they're not trying to ingratiate themselves with the powers that be because reporters have done that. Allowed the status quo. You've to, you know, that's not what you're about either. To trying to maintain the status quo, and th there is that strain to journalism, um, and so you 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 don't want that. Um, they they would have built it in different ways. I, like again, as I said, a lot of my work has tended to be through. Um, through interview and again it's just like a lot of it is just uh, curiosity and and it is like just like you're doing well here now tim you, you you asked me a question how did you start and boom i was talking for 10 minutes and you get that because um like just even the last person i interviewed face to face because we, we, we know obviously in COVID and everything's through zoom was john rudd is the head of irish, irish swimming um He's the high performance director of Swim Ireland and just finding out his backstory, you know, like, because he wouldn't have been asked about that before. It would be, it would often be just um, how many, what's good Olympics for Ireland about qualifying times, etc. cetera. Um, but when you go into his backstory and to see what his influences, you know, you, you, you get uh, that rapport. And um, that's what readers are and people are looking for are, are, are stories for stories that um, and um, so a lot of it is starts from curiosity. Yeah. Um, one question I have is what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is deciding to start a career in sports? It doesn't matter what kind of sports career they're interested in. It could be coaching, journalism, whatever it is. What what's one piece of advice you'd give? Yeah. No, um, you'll get better. You know. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll get better if you want to get better. You know, you, to stay in it, you'll have to get better. But no, you'll get better. Like you, you, you don't have to be perfect right off. You know, still, like, you know, like. So that 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 that's one thing because. Um, if you have enough interest, then um, 
you will be good enough for it. You know, like rather than saying, like even in the performance space, you know, with athletes, you, you'd be using the big word yet, you know, like, um, you know, you, you maybe just can't do that yet, but right. um, you can, it doesn't mean you can't do it. Like, I mean, if I, some of the stuff, like, like, as I said, when I, when I wanted to get into sports writing, I remember when I didn't get into that course, right? There was a guy called Harry McGee had done the course a couple of years earlier. Harry has gone on to have a very good career, uh, w worked in the Tribune, editor of McGill, works for the Irish Times. Har Harry was part of the interview panel when I didn't get into the course. And I remember him asking me, like, uh, your pieces are very much, um, what I had presented was match reports, basically, or some statistical something that I, at least I got published in the college paper. And he said, like, would you ever think of, um, you know, maybe talking to an athlete who's coming back from injury or something, you know? And now I didn't see myself as that guy. I'd be, I thought I'd be doing more stat stroke nerdy. This is the 18th time they've met um, kind of thing in the last six years or whatever. And my point is, like, I've just finished a book on someone who came back from injury. Bernard Brogan's book is about basically the night he gets injured. Can he get back? And um, so my point is, is like, I could not have written. I got, I got, you know, Harry McGee looked at it through. Gentle eyes is a term I've come across rather than judgmental eyes. And that's something that, like I mentioned, there was great things to Cork, uh, growing up in Cork and the Procol Hall. But the Procol Hall can be very much judgmental place. You know, people with the arms folded and early waiting for you to fail. <laughs> And, and, and but when you look at it, that people thrive in an environment where, um, where, you know, if you have, if you particularly look through it through gentle eyes and to, that you start looking at it like that, Harry McGee was giving me guidance there, you know? So when I came back with a different resume two years later, I had interviewed my first interview that I got published and it's still the biggest high I've had in journalism, was was with Tom O'Sullivan, one of the great Irish basketball players. Um, he was a friend of a friend. Um, he was a relative of a friend of my dad's. And um, he generally, he, he gave a young fella two hours out on a Monday. I remember buying the tape recorder, an old clanky tape recorder, but it looked so cool at the time, big red button. And I sat down there and... It's the biggest high I've got because I sent it up back then. There was no email. Posted up to this printer more than the publisher. Um, and I remember calling them. Uh, so the editor must have been going up only every two weeks to see what had come in. I was dealing with this secretary and this printer who were probably printing 10 publications. And I remember calling them on Christmas Eve and saying, did you get, look, did you get it or not? And she said, no, we didn't get it, right? Or, and, and I was like, right, that's not getting published. And it was a monthly magazine, Basketball Ireland. And I remember going along Patrick Street in Cork and asking uh, my friend, um, I said, I'm just going to pop over to the shop across the road in the office. I went out, Basketball Ireland, turned to the last two pages, and there it was. And I didn't have the two pound on me. I had to go over and say, Helena, can I get the two pound? <laughs> And I went back and I, I went, I remember just 
jumping into the car, driving back to my family. And um, there it was. And that, that, that I got that on. And it was raw out. It was raw out. It was a very statistic. I think the intro was seven national leagues, four cups, whatever Tom had won at that stage. He's won it all. But there was something. But it was a start. It was a start. I was in the game. And, and so um, even though I didn't know it at the time, um, you know, uh, no, you'll get better. I got better now, you know, however good that has been, you know, I, I, I stuck with it. I got encouragement. Uh, Peter Hare, the editor, did finally get it. He encouraged me. He commissioned me to do a few more pieces over the next few years at a time when I was it was all I wanted. Like, I, I get to write about basketball. <laughs> you know, I get to write about sport. Um, so, you know, there's another person. I, I haven't talked to Peter in 22 years, I'd say. Um, but, you know, he loads of people help you up the ladder. It's only in retrospect you look back. Um, although at the time, it's, it is it is huge. And, uh, and um, so that I would say in early, no, you'll get better. You know, like, I mean, you take um, like Greg Popovich, like his coach in the U.S. team, right? Um, 22 consecutive playoff appearances, five championships. You know, like he was a Division Three coach with, was it a 3-25 and 25 record or something? Uh, yes, it was, actually. You know, like, no, no, you'll get better. Like, I mean, he could have said this. I'm not for this, you know. But if you have enough of the other skills that we talked about, the persistence, the creativity, so that then, then you know, that's what I'd say to you. No, you'll get better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's incredible advice. I, I, and I think, you know, when I look back on my career, that's one thing. If I can look back, you know, almost 30 years ago when I really got my start, I remember just slugging away, working as hard as I could not never expecting that I would get to the place I am at now, not that I've arrived or anything, but being able to feel as though, you know, I can look back on it and say, yeah, the stuff that I did during this time in my life with mentors in my life helped me be able to get to the place I'm at. And so what incredible advice. I, <laughs> that's great. Um, last question. How do you hold the ladder for others? Yeah, well, without, like, just um, whenever you get a chance, you know, to um, to be open to um, helping people do, you know, like, just, um, like, yeah, I just do think it's just a natural um, empathy to particularly when like I, I do remember like when whenever I see someone who's interested in it like I'd give them all the time because I do remember that young fella <laughs> in the cinema watching Demolition Man like, is this, or you know like uh, so because yeah, yeah so I, I would like to think uh, to my colleagues I've been very generous and, and I think the game is like that our, 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 like I'll give you an example like it's um, like I mentioned, Kieran Donahue called there. It was literally this time five years ago. Donahue called asking me to to do his book, and a friend called Christy O'Connor, who lives in Clare, um, top uh, sports writer, hasn't got into the basketball, but you know, big into his J. 
And I remember his wife and my wife, the four of us would be good friends. And we met up for a bite to eat. And I said, look, Danny, he is um, asking, you know, that um, for me to do his book, what do you think? And he's like, oh, man, you have to go for it. Now, Christy himself was bringing out a book that year uh, with Cahill McCarran. He was confiding into me. He, he was a Tyrone footballer who had um, a gambling addiction. And Christy wrote a brilliant book as well. And... Um, Kieran Donaghy won sports book of the year ahead of Cahill McCarran. But like Christy never thought, oh, if I tell Kieran to do that book, he might beat me for sports book of the year. You wouldn't think like that. And and like this year, no, Brogan Champagne Football is by far the best sports book of the year. Um, I think we've done a very good book with Bernard, but uh the book that has been widely perceived to be the runner-up this year is a friend called Damien Lawler and I'd like to think Damien would, has me one of the first people on his acknowledgements you know and it's not like um, you're not competing with each other you're helping each other do you know what I mean it's not about ego I want to see him write as good a book he is and let people decide some people might prefer his book it's 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 so his book can be better because uh, so there's a great collegiality um it's not that everybody is pals with everybody, but you have a crew that you have, and they can be your toughest critics. They can be your toughest critics. And um, like Tommy Conlon uh, edited Brogan for me this time. He ed he edited Hanging from the Rafters. I mean, <laughs> Tommy will give it to you straight. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, Kieran, how often do I have to tell you this? Um but he's making it better. He's making you better. That honest conversations, like as long as people know, and this is something that I don't know how you find it in the performance space. Some people do, and sometimes you try and code it in such a way, but sometimes people do not take criticism as a gift. You're trying to help them here. We want the same thing. We want what's best for you. This is how will be best for you is to help make you better is by saying you're a bit off here. You do need to improve. And, and that can be tough. And you've got to be able to take it. So I said thick skin is criticism, both what you put out there, but in the process of writing it, um, you know, someone like that has held the ladder up for me, even though at the time it seems like he's bloody cutting the legs off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would answer, you know, your question, uh, I literally, before our podcast today, I had a student who defended her final doctoral research project at the University of Arizona Global Campus and uh, on Zoom. And I've been really tough on her. And, you know, but what I brought up today in the defense was, you know, there's a reason why I was tough on you and the reason why I provided criticism and feedback. And, and as John Wooden used to always say, uh, if I quit talking to you, and I'm paraphrasing here, but if I quit talking to you, that's when you need to start worrying, because uh, that's when you know. You know, you, you know the one about Sally Jenkins and Pat Summers, and um, so Sally Jenkins was doing a book with um, Pat Summit, and she was watching her work out one of their players, Tennessee, and it was just them in the arena. You know, it would have been. A typical college arena, 15,000 or whatever. And uh, she said, God, I thought you really rode that player like you were really tough. 
you know, you're kind of embarrassing. And he said, wait a second, I'm doing it so that she won't embarrass herself there putting up that shot in front of 15,000. I'm doing it to help her so that she doesn't embarrass herself. That's where I'm coming from. And uh, to give her the moment that she makes that shot or does or doesn't take that shot. And and the point is, is that, um, you know, tough love is love. Mm -hmm. It is. You know, like, and, and uh, so I've had that, like, like, some of your audience might be familiar with Paul Kimmage. You know, I was, I don't think Paul ever loved me, but he bloody gave me tough love. When I, when I, when I left the Irish examiner in, in the late nineties um, to work with the Sunday independent Kimmage was um, the chief sports writer there. And um, so Kimmage to your American audience might be known as the guy who along with David Walsh, his colleague and mentor, I suppose they helped bring down Lance Armstrong and they, they were ridiculed for that mocked uh there was a famous press conference where Kimmage uh stood up to Armstrong when he on his comeback tour and said in front of a press conference with 250 people what is it about these dopers you admire so much Armstrong said are you Paul Kimmage you're you know you're the guy who said the cancer is back and you're not worth the where you're even and he, he, he and Kimmage still asked the question man and he kept going and kept going so Kimmage was, uh, I, I had written two pieces that I thought were great. I got two big interviews, quality or quantity anyway. And uh, I remember um, showing up in the canteen, a little bit of a swagger, you know, with two pieces in the paper at the weekend there. And he, um, he brings you in, he sits you down. And he said, like, wait a second, you did this interview with, there was a Cork footballer called Niall Cahillan. And... Um, he said, you've got this quote. He, he's, he's a great leader in the dressing room. Like, what does that mean? Like, don't tell me, show me, give me an example of where he has been a great leader. Don't tell me, show me. Like, have the anecdote, something that, don't tell me he's something, show me. Mm-hmm. So here I was. And again, was he holding the ladder? He was holding the ladder by knocking the legs off me, cutting the legs <laughs> off me momentarily, and then picking sure. you back up. There's a great line that through the sports sake I've learned um, through another, uh, someone who's held the ladder for me in that space is a guy called Ed Collin. We say Collin and Cork, Ed Cochlin to the rest of the world, including Dublin. And Ed would talk about cut, bleed and bandage. So cut them, let them bleed for a bit and then help bandage them as part of the recovery. I remember him saying, come on, we'll go for a cup of tea after that. But he cut me, man. He let me bleed. Like, But I know in my journalism, and I, I say it to all, like, you got, don't just give me that line. That means nothing. I have to see it. Don't mm. tell me. Show me. For Because, you know, that's the reader, you know? The, right. The reader see it. So, you know, um, so just, again, a bit of tough love, but... Sh- encouragement as well you know like that word yet you know okay look yeah you'll get there with it you'll get there with it you know and like so you know you would sometimes say send me that piece and you'd ask them questions i'm I'm a lot more implicit coaching now rather than explicit coaching get them to think it up a little bit more but you have to ask you know as you know there's guided discovery to it you're you're kind of getting them to a spot with it but to um so yeah, absolutely. Um, because 
you know, so like, yeah, I suppose I'd say, like, if there's anybody, and, and like, I, you know, it's it, it's coming from, um, like, I find now, like, I'm, um, I would have, I, uh, Tony actually is doing a course in sports journalism in UL, and I, I had the honor of, of speaking to the students. And there's sometimes where you feel you could, you could take some of those courses, but you could, you, you sorry, you couldn't really give some of those classes, but you, you could definitely take them because I have so much to learn from today's young journalists because they're more tech friendly you know like it, 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 they have grown up with it um uh but like in terms of people with their writing um a, a, anybody who's interested in um who has a curiosity don't uh to it you know i i i'm i think it's only fair because that's what i've got from other people you know who held the ladder for me so it's only right that I hold the ladder for others, you know? Wow. Well, and this has been just, this has been a wonderful interview and so many great nuggets and uh, great tips. I appreciate you taking time out of your, uh, your busy evening there uh, to spend time with me. And, and uh, you know, uh, one, uh, as we close, what's, you know, how, how can you close this interview today, Kieran? Oh, no, just, um, no, look, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it too, because, you know, like, you know, the way sometimes when you use some of these expressions, they can seem schmaltzy and um, and manufactured and sugar-coated, but, you know, uh, and manufactured, but, uh, it, you know, an opportunity like this, which I'm grateful for, it's then you, you connect the dots in retrospect, you know, um, like, you know, it's a cliche to say I tend to look more forward than back. But when you do look back, uh, there's people I mentioned there that I haven't had, but it's been within me. They've still been within me. Um, like it, it's, it's, there's not, nothing is linear. That's what I would say too. There's no, and, and just what I would also say is be you and be unique. Bring something different to the party. Like, like I, I have brought the, as I said, there was a bit of the stats side. Uh, there was a bit of the psychology side. I'm the basketball guy um, to uh, to a lot of, I suppose, J people. And then for J for basketball people, I'm, I'm maybe the J guy or whatever. But I bring a little bit of um, you to it. And, uh, and then, because there's not a straight path to, there's no straight path into something like I've do, done. Um, like, as I said, I, I've ended up, I branched a lot into the performance space and I, you know, I'm not into the, in that space, in the sports psych, I find that people, the athletes and coaches tend to respond differently rather than if you're just do, done the conventional psychology, then the sports psychology, you've got to bring something a little different. I don't, I, I rock in a different way. I use my skills from journalism and it, so be you um you, there there's if you've um just because you've taken one path initially here doesn't mean you've crossed out this all together you know when i did do the business studies course and again the famous cinema management day i just had to go back to there and that 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 course that i did in the business um there were there, there were lines from it i've used in my journalism you know I, I, education is never wasted you know, there's there's lines you'll use from that. There'll be uh, like there's a 
guy writing at the moment for the examiner, Colin Sheridan, no, and he, he's worked in the military and there's lines from places where he's been, he can bring into his stuff. Um, so you bring different experiences to it. Um, you know, so you, you, you will later, um, you're, you're able to connect the dots. It's, it's not, it's not straightforward. Um, but you know, uh, each path is unique every person's unique and you, you'll bring that to it don't worry about trying to be doing it linear oh it's gone from me some of the best sports writers have got into it late you know um so i don't know if that's um a way to to say it uh, but just thanks very much for the opportunity for allowing me to connect the dots and and i suppose um give an opportunity for, I don't know how many of them will maybe come across this, but an opportunity to thank them for holding the ladder for me. And, um, you know, hopefully maybe the chat has held up the ladder for someone listening. And, uh, you know, so thanks for the opportunity, Tim. Oh, I have no doubt that it has. And uh, I, I honestly, uh, the, the cinema and popcorn story is one of the <laughs> stories I've heard yeah. in many, many years. And, and uh, my, popcorn and cinema story was working for enterprise rent-a-car with an earned doctorate in 2006 and going into a management training program with college recent college graduates so i can completely and totally connect with that although i didn't have to sell popcorn i sold uh, insurance yeah. well i didn't get to sell the popcorn i didn't have to sell it you know but i was there thinking that's what that's what i would have done if I had said yes to that job, and I would have said no to journalism, unless maybe three years later, we're going to have to do the journalism. Uh, but Demolition yeah. Man, Demolition Man, that 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 <laughs> me, Demolition Man at a cinema, that yeah. that that was seriously a brilliant story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, and until next week, I challenge you to hold a ladder for someone to climb to greater heights than they ever thought possible. Mm -hmm.